Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, you are listening to Nobody Cares Except for Me. I am your host, Auntie Donahue. Um, and this is a podcast, and you know that because uh, you've probably subscribed. If not, <laughs> congratulations, you're about to really hear a lot about what a podcast is because our guest today is a podcaster and podcast obsessive. He's also a musician and an artist and a person who has very great curly hair. Ladies and gentlemen, Sherry Lewis. No, I'm just kidding. Max Kerman. Hello. Thanks for having me. What are we going to talk about today? We're talking. It's going to be a very meta podcast. We're talking about podcasts. I had a couple of people ask me deliberately um, if this was going to be like meta, and I was like, I have no answer for you. You decide. You mean about this particular yeah. episode? Oh, nice. Well, because you have a podcast. Yeah. And this is a podcast. Well, to be fair, I did pitch a few other issues, uh, ideas for, mm-hmm. for this episode. You did. I suggested Israel-Palestine, and we thought maybe we couldn't get to all of it in one episode. I was just like, this is really weird, Max. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay, and then you have you no got, expertise in that area. You got really mad. You printed out 40 pages of tweets from American officials, and I was like, I agree. Like, listen, I'm on your side. I said, listen, I'm half Jewish. I have perspective. And I was like, this sounds weird. I think that we need to talk about this in a different context. Yeah. And that's what happened. And then we said, let's just talk about podcasts. Yeah, it's true. And then I was like, did you buy me any Meghan Markle merch from the UK? And you were like, absolutely not. I do not care about you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a quote. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, yeah you can print out that email. <laughs> that, was like, that was that topped the Israel-Palestine conversation, actually. Yeah. Okay, so you are somebody that, like, I mean, it's no secret. We follow each other on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag, everyone. Yeah. So <laughs> watch yourselves. You very unironically and very enthusiastically love podcasting and seem to really, like, tap into the culture that it's constructed. And I say that in, like, a positive way. Mm-hmm. So how old were you? when this began and why? Oh, good question. So um, I had a friend of mine from university who's sort of a quirky guy, and he would become very solitary, and he lived up in the attic of our student house one summer, and it was very hot up there, and he wouldn't really come down much. I love him dearly. He's still a good friend Everything of mine. Everything sounds very rear window, but yeah. continue. But he, and he's very smart, and he's the kind of guy who can like read a book and solve a math equation and do some computer programming and also listen to a podcast at once. So this was oh. probably back in like 2007, 2006, oh and I'd go up to the attic and be like, hey, uh, are you, how, how you doing up here? And he's like, I'm fine. He had his like shirt off, and he's like sweating because there's no air conditioning. He's very all yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, anyway, so then he, he was listening to, I think, Democracy Now!, uh, the Amy Goodman podcast. Well, that's very ahead of the curve. Yeah. So, so you got hooked. Yeah. So, and I remember listening to that, and, and then I started listening to some sports podcasts. Bill Simmons, who's sort of a pioneer of the genre, I'd listen to his podcast. And from there, I, I like to credit myself as being the guy within my friend group to spread the gospel of podcasts. So now it's gone to the point where, all my friends that used to, you know, listen to music on their way to work or when they went to the, to the gym, mm-hmm. are just listen to podcasts, and I give myself a lot of credit for that. And that and that's been, you know, like a ten year uh, kind of history of 
of really just diving into the whole world. And now, and since the beginning, it's actually grown so much, right? Like yeah. now everybody has a podcast. As you look at me accusingly, yeah. Yeah, everyone, yeah, anyone everyone. can have one. Yeah. Any fucking person uh, can have one. Yeah. Um, you have one. Yeah. So I have one. So before we get to that, one reason I love podcast so much is that well one it's free it's on demand true it's you can kind of find whatever you're interested in Mm -hmm. and i find and i find like that model is so appealing and i know that model kind of exists on netflix or streaming services but and it's also really good for people who have to do monotonous things like wait in lines at airports Mm -hmm. or you know fold your laundry or do your dishes it's like just a friendly voice in your ear having a conversation about something you're really interested in and and I know if you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you stuff you already know because you're clearly into it already. They're very obsessed with me. Yeah. It's very hard. Exactly. I get a lot of emails. Well, you're them. like their friend, though. That's what it is. And I think that's – it's it's funny. It's like when I think about my favorite podcast, it actually brings me uh, like the warmth that I get when I see a friend. And so on Thursdays, the Slate Political Gab Fest comes out, and that's – I've been an OG listener forever. I went, went to live tapings and like – the feeling of like, oh, it, it's up on my feed, and Emily, John, uh, and David are going to get to talk to each other for an hour, and I get to be involved in the conversation while I'm just really listening. It's like the feeling of seeing friends. It's really a, like amazing, like emotional hit, and I and I find having uh, that circle of friends is really comforting because, especially if I'm stressed out. Like yesterday, I was kind of having a weird day. I just got home from tour, and I was just a little out of it, and I was like. Listening to Bill Simmons talk to Zach Lowe about the NBA Finals, it just made me feel good. Like I know. feel like um, what you, like what you're te- like what you're elaborating on too is like the gateway effect. Because I remember listening, and maybe you found podcasting to be a gateway into worlds that you didn't know you really cared about. But I remember around 2010, 11, I got really into like Comedy Bang Bang and yeah. the Best Show Archives. And Julie Klausner's How Was Your Week? And that, for me, at the time I was a music journalist, I was like, I fucking hate this so much. And I want to be doing comedy. I want to be writing funny shit. And I want to be a person that, like, talks and makes people laugh. And those were all, like, those, like, lifelines to a world that, like, I didn't know how to permeate yet. But I wanted to be part of that world in some way. And I find that podcasting does that in this really, like unique stretch where it's not like tv it's not like a radio dj it it reintroduces you to things that maybe you didn't know you were so passionate about yeah and and there's also maybe if you're from a small town and you're not like really really in like the heart of like where a certain industry happens it's like if you're interested in tech you can listen to tech podcasts and feel like you're you get to know that world a little bit or if comedy it's like wtf obviously is a big one Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 yeah, with mark maron where it's like oh if i can imagine being someone like yourself where you're like oh i want to know about like just the world of what it means to be in a writer's room or to go to the clubs and work on your stand-up like and and Mark and his guests paint that picture really vividly mm-hmm. because it's not like, you know, a magazine article. It's not a television show. It's like this long form thing. Um, yeah, where you can really kind of like dig into the weeds and not get lost. And, and podcasters should be good storytellers and mm-hmm. good talkers. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and so it's easy to follow along. So where – what doors did podcasting open for you? Because I know that you you were a poli sci major, sure, um, but you're also a musician. Was there a realm that you've like found you could explore better through podcasting that you couldn't in a different way? Well, I actually, with um, I've always been interested in political journalism. And growing up, we always had newspapers and the New Yorker around the house. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 My, no. I'm really lucky. My parents like are are interested in that, and I've inherited that. 
Um, but uh, podcast, like political podcasts, mm-hmm. like and especially U.S. politics. It's funny. I don't listen to that many Canadian political no. podcasts. Do you? No. Sorry, yeah. I started to feel like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, like no. boring. This <laughs> news. Um, I know I, Jesse Brown has a popular one, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's their call. And yeah. God bless us, everyone. Yeah. yeah. So you don't listen to a lot of Canadian podcasts. So I don't listen to a ton of Canadian uh, political podcasts, but I do love uh, American politics. I find that endlessly interesting. And so, yeah, the Slate Political Gab Fest, Ezra Klein mm-hmm. on the Vox Media Network. He's got a great one. He does. Um, the Weeds New Yorker has a political podcast, the political scene. Um, and I mean, and then there's other things that are kind of tangentially related. Like, uh, did I use that word correctly? I mean, I didn't I w- know what that word was. I, so I was just it. like, wow, that was a good word. Yeah. yeah. Not, don't question it. Just let it happen. Okay. Yeah. Shit. I should have just went with it. No. And, then, and now everyone's on the, in the podcast is like in love with you because they're just like, oh, I also didn't know when to use that word correctly. Yeah. yeah I, I love this. I might have not even said it I right. I don't know whose voice that is. It's the universal listener. So congratulations. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. So like Freakonomics and um, NPR Planet Money. Yeah. So I, that being exposed to that world has been been really good and i the guys in the in the band are are like politically kind of interested people mm-hmm. and so that sparked a lot of interesting just kind of conversation like when we are on the road because so much of my life is being in a van for hours on end mm-hmm. so that's been like i don't know it's been a way to kind of just like start conversations and the guys nick and mike in our band especially are like if they weren't in the band they'd be grad students arguing with each other and so this is just a kind of another version of that that reminds me of the 30 rock quote where it's like we're not the best people but we're not the worst grad students are the worst <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> my best friend says that all the time she's a grad student she's a grad student yeah I find that like podcasting does a really good job of curating communities because I think about like my favorite murder which is my favorite podcast um, do you don't listen to that oh, podcast fa- favorite murder is that the one where they go through the murder yeah it's Karen our manager Ashley yeah she yes. was telling us about it yeah. my fave very funny it's, idea yeah, yeah it is but it's also like they've established this really great community and they call themselves the murderinos and if you go on Facebook <laughs> they actually like they ha- okay so they have um, anybody listening is probably already listening to my favorite murder because like I feel like we all have the same sensibilities but for you I will describe that on their Facebook group they have the hashtag like stay sexy don't get murdered SSDGM mm. and one time a woman actually like was going out to her car and another stopped her and was like oh my god Brenda do I know you like blah 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 and the woman's like what the fuck and then she's like there's a man behind your car like I you can't go there right now and they ended up like she ended up saving her life and then she like left being like SSDGM like it's created this awareness and this community that like like I feel like I every time I tell a story I have like goosebumps because I'm like holy fucking shit like that's what I think podcasting does like which is a really weird thing to say because this is a podcast and I don't think people are going on saving lives because of me or anything but people do find likeness and you kind of can realize you're not alone yeah it's cool yeah and you see that uh, with the live tapings too yeah so uh, yeah I went to Slate Political Gap Fest taping um I went to Stuff You Should Know taping in LA at the Largo which was really cool and uh yeah and so and then that's an opportunity to meet your podcast friends in real life totally so we had Mike on and we talked a little bit about your guys's pod but not Mm. really at what point did you decide that you wanted to be more in the producer role than you wanted to be in like the constant host role because you're not there all the time no yeah it's a good question so i think if i have one strength 
as a, a working as a, as a working adult uh, <laughs> is that I'm good at identifying what other people are good at. Oh, yeah, so because okay. I'm pretty average at most things. Like, no, seriously, I'm not. I'm not saying it to be self uh, self deprecating. Yeah, like I really am very, very, very average. But I'm. But I take a lot of joy in seeing other people do stuff really well, mm-hmm. and that goes for the band. That goes for our manager, our booking agent, just people. And I and I'm generally kind of in awe. So. Um, I have a group of friends in Hamilton. I find them all to be so funny and interesting and great talkers. Mm-hmm. And I've always admired good talkers. And I, I'm an okay talker, but these You're guys... You're okay talker. I'm okay, but I could be m- much better and I don't... I'm not nearly as good as you those guys. You are sweating profusely talking to I know, me right it's true. Now. You're so very nervous. upset. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, no, just like, you know, them stuttering. I, well, I, I say like and ah and uh, you so know, like... I think most people do that. Sure. But these guys I find to be particularly charismatic and fluid in their speech. So uh, Mike and Shane of that group are probably at the top when it comes to storytelling and just being entertaining. And what would happen was I'd come home from a tour and I'd just catch up with Mike. And Mike would do this thing where he'd start interviewing me. And it didn't, it wasn't, he didn't, it wasn't like, I'm interviewing about how you, you felt on the tour. But I'd just start talking to him and he'd ask me follow-up questions. And eventually I was just like, Mike, you should host a podcast because number one, you're good at asking questions. But number two, you're really good at telling stories. Because if you get like two drinks into Mike Veerman, he can like hold an entire room. Like at a bar, like he will just launch into some awesome, funny story. And and he's a real student of comedy too. So he knows how to like tie things together. He's very smart. I didn't very get a smart. chance to talk to him one-on-one really before until he came on here. And I actually, after the fact, was like, um, we're meant to be friends and we're going to have lunch. Do you understand? He's really, <laughs> you know, he really is. He's super smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a lot of different interests. So that's how the show started, where I just said, Mike, I want you to be the host. I'll help produce it. Because I've always been sort of just a big picture guy. Details I'm not particularly good at. But I'm like, oh, you'd be good at this. You also know how to edit things because you know how to work with computers because your day job is like editing and producing promos. And then we asked our friend Shane, who has an entirely different sense of humor, but is also a really good storyteller and is also a student of comedy. Like Mm -hmm. those two guys... Like, I, I like funny people. Those two guys, like, study funny people and mm-hmm. have been since they were four years old. And so, anyway, I'm just generally completely in awe of those guys. And and I kind of just get to be the gregarious guy who gets to not really do any real hard work but just go, hey, I think big picture, the opening should kind of feel like this. The middle section should sort of feel like this. And, um, and I think the other thing I bring is that because I've listened to so many podcasts, I have a – I think I have a sense of, like – how how our show could work in terms of form and segue music and stuff like that, like decorative things that, uh, you know, that I pay attention to. Cool. We're going to break for commercial and then I'm going to ask you more questions because that's how this podcast works. Love it. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. So everybody seems to look for on podcasts is very subjective. I find that people tend to gravitate towards either who they'd like to be mm-hmm. or who 
they relate to, but especially as that who they like to be. When I listen to my favorite murder, I'm like, if I could be like Karen Kilgariff is and Georgia Hardstock are so fucking funny and so quick live. Like, God, if I could just, yeah. just grapple at that or like my, my dad wrote a porto. Like, love that one. You told me about that one. Well, now. because I'm full of great ideas. Yeah. And <laughs> I find that like you listen to that and you're like, God, like three buds being so, so funny together, having known each other since college. Like that's their whole story. And now they're selling out like the Royal Albert Hall. And then for me, I just found this other one called You Must Remember This. It's all about the first century of Hollywood. So you're learning about like Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart and Madonna and Champagne and da-da-da. And I look at that and I'm like, fuck, maybe I should go back to school for history so I could do this and this. So what parts of yourself have you identified through podcasting that you didn't know existed before? Okay, before I get to that question, you just made me remember another thing that I really like about podcasts is this idea of chemistry between the mm-hmm. hosts. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, my dad wrote a porno. These people went to, to university together. And I and generally speaking, in life, if I'm at a party and I see two or three friends that have this chemistry that they've built up over years, mm-hmm. I just, I could, I don't even know how need to know the people but I will just sort of admire the way they interact with each other. And I think that is um, really important if it comes to a podcast. And actually, there's a television show that I love as a sports fan called Pardon the Interruption. It's on every day. It's on ESPN. And basically, it's Mike Wilbon, who is a guy from the south side of Chicago, African-American. And there's a Tony Kornheiser, who's from Long Island. He's like basically the sports version of Larry David. And they worked together at the Washington Post for 30 years in the sports department. And basically every day they would just scream at each other about whatever the topics of the day were. 25 years into their career, somebody at ESPN says, we want to give you a show where you basically just do this. And you know the ticker on the ESPN, oh, sorry, on CNN where they have all the different like news items coming up? Mm-hmm. ESPN, pardon the interruption, started that. So, so they oh, kind man. of like... And, and so anyway, they have this awesome chemistry with each other. And I guess when those TVs first started, uh, people in the newsroom at the Washington Post were like, we've been listening to this for 25 years. Like, <laughs> this is not impressive to us. But I just, like, love that chemistry. And it's the same uh, same thing with Slate Political Gap Fest, and I know I keep coming back to that show. But there are three political reporters that worked at Slate. They were all in, they, I think they met in their early 30s. They all covered Washington together. And now they're on their mid-40s and gone on to do different things. John Dickerson is uh, host of CBS This Morning. Emily Bazelon uh, writes for the New York Times magazine, plots as a startup. But they just have this warmth and chemistry with each other, which I think is, which you can only do by, you know, spending a lot of time with each other. Totally. So that didn't answer your question. It but did not even come close, but I like what you said, because I think it's important. So, but then it made me think of the th- the things I see in uh, podcasters that I wish I had or that inspire me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Dickerson, John Dickerson, because he is sort of like the quintessential all-American, like, righteous kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, really imbo- – he's sort of like Obama-like in a passion for, like, truth and fairness. Like, he really – and he treats everybody – he's very, like, sort of humble. He treats everyone the same. Mm-hmm. So I really like that quality in him. And it reminds me of um, Lauren, my girlfriend's dad. He's uh, he he is very much like that guy. And Obama is very much like that guy. Like so that that that's a sort of a personality type that I aspire to be mm-hmm. and uh, I look up to. But then also David Plotz on the show is sort of like a quintessential like arguing like very clever, smart Jewish guy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And my dad's a, a Jewish guy from New York. So like there's that part of me that I also really adore and like. So there's all so there's these different personalities that, that get that are on one show together that I'm like, oh I love that and I also love that. And the fact that you two are talking to each other and have a deep friendship with each other just makes me happy. Oh so 
if you could, I mean, you have your own podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. but if you weren't doing what you do as as a job, which is like touring musician, yeah. which would have, I mean, that's your schedule. You're not here ninety five percent of the time. Would you start a podcast that was maybe more in the political realm? Have you ever thought about doing that? I I, w- I have, and I'd like to be actually. Yes. The only thing I would be concerned about is not being well-versed enough to hang. Because the political podcasts that I listen to, I feel are so smart and well-researched. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'd be the dumb guy in in the middle, you know? Yeah, you need someone to balance you out because you're like a white, straight, sure. dude. So. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and uh, I, and also I just don't think I'm smart enough necessarily. To, oh, that's interesting. But I feel like a lot of people don't think they're smart enough. Like I don't – half the time I don't think I'm funny enough to do this until I re- – until you're like, oh, fuck it. Well, then people who don't think I'm funny don't have to listen. No, but – well, I mean I'd say that – well, obviously you're funny. and you're, I, f- I feel like you're a professional comedian though. Well, I mean I don't do stand-up. Okay. Um, because that you're is – You're a professional comedian, like comic writer. I mean I, I don't know what I am. I always just say now that I'm a writer and a person. Like I yeah. don't really know how to categorize what I do. It's very strange. And this is like one of those realms where I'm like, I didn't think this was going to happen. I remember, would you ever want to do this? And I was like – For a podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like maybe. And then like sure. And then it ended up taking up what? Like months and months and months of legal. I may be like, I'm just a person. But I'm also like a very well – like I had a lawyer look at my contracts. I had managers sure. look at it, agents, et cetera. Because I'm a business bitch. You need to protect yeah, yourself. Of course. Love you, Annalise. <laughs> She's like holding a gun. It's fine. Um, <laughs> She's like, record the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, then that was worked into my contract. And then even then, we didn't come up with the actual theme of it until last year. Till, like right before the first episode with Randy Bergman, we were like, what is it? Is it going to be like, what is this? Like I, it was going to be me giving advice, kind of like my newsletter. And then I'm like, I don't want that at all. And then we we're like, why don't we have people come on? Talk about the right. shit. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares. Tying into my book. Sure. But then that's the other thing. Because then you like, I don't know. I I don't really know how to identify myself anymore because I am a writer, but I also do live things. And well, this is the, I think um, you're also getting to something that I love about podcasts too. Is that I feel like for people that work in media mm-hmm. in 2018, it's cool to do four different things. I know it makes a lot of work, but but that's sort of like the nature of the landscape now, where it's yeah. like you can be a writer, you can be a TV show host, you can be a podcaster, you can you can do a bunch of different things. You can you know so it's like and I love that and as somebody who has a kind of a short attention span mm-hmm. or, or likes to keep busy but likes to keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can do the podcast and also be in a band and if I needed to write an op-ed on something, I could also do that. You know, like yeah. it allows you to do different things. And generally speaking, podcasts are like don't cost much to produce. Well, I didn't know that you – almost fitting that we do tie this part in because I didn't think you could do a bunch of shit until I listened to – like for me, it was Julie Klausner's How Was Your Week around 2011. I was living in Toronto – my shitty apartment. Things were like going very, very, very bad. And um, my friend Nicole, who lived next door, would she's like, "Have you heard this? It's really good." And then I did. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" And she had written a book. Julie had also written a book. And Julie's monologues were always about like what she was working on, how frustrated she was with certain stuff, how excited she was about other stuff. She really wasn't afraid to get political at all, not like about herself, personal at all about herself. And then shortly thereafter. She pitched Difficult People, which went to Hulu and co-starred Billy Eichner. And it, it, I think it ran for four seasons. But either way, it was that, oh, like, you don't have to just do one thing. Like, I listened to Comedy Bang Bang and Amy Poehler was on one episode. And I was like, oh, my God, she's amazing. Like, it's Amy fucking Poehler. Mm-hmm. And she and Scott were going through all of the things that they'd gone through to get to where they'd been. And it was like, oh, like, no one path exists. Like, so podcasting, oddly enough, was my gateway into being like, 
oh, I get to make my own fucking career. Like, yeah. I get to make my own life happen. Yeah. And then, I mean, at the time, did I know that I would have, like, you know, meters of shit to wade through? No, but you're still, like, everyone else did. And that was the other thing. I don't know. For me, I found no, out. No, I, you know, I, I totally am a believer that you don't know what doors will open until you start doing things. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, this podcast, who knows where, that's, where that will take you or the speaking gig you're doing in Calgary. Where that, you know, it's, but just by virtue of doing things. Spoiler alert, it happened in June. Yeah. And I guess if you're listening to this, I didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Went, the yeah. reviews were crazy. Everyone was obsessed with yeah. me. I had to. She's leave. huge in Calgary now. I told Leonardo DiCaprio to stop calling me. I'm yeah. like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It happened one time. We were both a little bit tipsy. And I, <laughs> I kind of regret it. <laughs> one night in Calgary. It was one the night in Calgary. Donny, Auntie Donnie. I fell off the wagon just to bone Leonardo DiCaprio. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not worth falling off the wagon for. No one is, ladies. Am I right? But for real, you never know. You don't know what you. And also, I'm a believer that you just got to get your reps in because. And what I just, I just, I think about like, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert. You know. People that didn't reach their sort of like how you think of them now until they're in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And I always find that to be kind of inspiring. Mm-hmm. So I try to just to enjoy the learning experience of just doing things, knowing that it's not probably not going to be your opus or the best thing you've done. Hopefully it's not the best thing you've done. But it, but if you keep getting good at it and commit to just learning and getting better at it, maybe by the time we're 45 it's like we'll have a big show on television or like a talk show or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I, maybe we won't. But like I like the idea of just making stuff because – and that and that's the way it's worked for the band too mm-hmm. is that it's always been baby steps for our band. It, it's never been like one night we woke up and we're like, oh, we're like this big Canadian rock band. It's like, it's always like oh, this happened and this happened and this happened and this. Like literally like a million little things happened that added up to where we are. And so if you just kind of – put your head down and keep working, then you'll turn around in a couple of years and go, oh, yeah, we did a bunch of stuff. And see, I like to go into work with some of that, but with, like, for myself, just owning the shit out of my megalomania complex. And I wish that was, like, a joke, but it's not really, where I'm like, I want the world. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to say, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm not going to do shit for shit pay. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, I have paid my dues. I am still paying dues. Yeah. But, like, I... I I don't know. I compare I compared a business meeting yesterday over on um, Instagram stories as like Jackie O entering like Queen Elizabeth's fortress where I'm like they can come to me blah 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 yeah. and it's like if you don't have your own back then and you don't create your own opportunities you will have no opportunities. Yeah, and, then, and I feel like that add to those is you getting smarter at doing Maybe, and, and yeah. having well that but I, that came from experience of. Doing a bunch of shitty work, right? Kind of, yeah. Didn't it? I, like, mean, I mean, you wouldn't have got to that point of no. that headspace without you oh, I think having I to had suffer a God through. Complex. <laughs> what? I always had a god complex. No, sure, but you're willing to do stuff for shit pay, and you're willing right. to do things that are out of your way, and whatever, whatever. Yes. And and that those experiences has got you to the point where one day you're like, you know what? I've actually like built up a bunch of like. I don't know currency in mm-hmm. this business where I don't have to do that anymore. Well, and that and, and that's only because you put your head down and you worked. Well, this conversation itself though is really good parlay into my second like field of this like line of questioning. I found that like podcasting, I'm able to like have just kind of let go of being trying to maintain some sort of like. Well, this is how I should be, or this is how I should add to that. And I, it's like full authenticity into the microphone every time. Yeah. And I know that you guys have the save it for the pod sure. notions. Yeah. But you still like you still don't give away the farm. Like I technically, it's really interesting because I was thinking about this today. I know you, but I don't really know you. And like you know me, and you don't really know me. Sure. So like, at what point do you find that there's like, 
TMI on a podcast that you're like, uh, we don't, I don't need that. Like, are you a TMI? Like, when, is there yeah. anything you guys would shy away from or something that when you hear it, you're like, that's not cool. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, well, I think each guy within the podcast is mm-hmm. a different level of comfort and mm-hmm. each guy's in a different position. So, for instance, you know, I have to just always remember that I'm not just Max Grumman. I'm Max Grumman from the band, Arkells, and I think I need to be sensitive to those guys. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Mike and his wife Danica are generally more private people than Shane and his wife Alex, who are very public people. And, and Shane has always been a very open book about his family's history and and Mike not quite as much. And my parents are probably a little more, you know, not conservative, but they're just like kind of – they're, they're not like flying our family's flag all mm-hmm. over the neighborhood. So – uh, I, have to, I think everybody has their own like limits, right? But uh, and but but then when it comes to some of the subject matter on the pod, I think it is important. Uh, I know we've talked about this is like mm-hmm. as being like three straight white dudes, mm-hmm. and like okay, how's this going to come off? And even though I think we've we've built up enough sort of currency, or there's enough understanding with our audience of like who we are and the values we find important, it's very easy for things to be misconstrued. So sometimes there's things that are said that we may go, Oh, you know, that might, that comes off, even though like we understand the goodwill, it might not come off in the best way. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to be, to recognize that. I think that's reasonable. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think it's difficult though, because when you're talking into a microphone, yeah. it's like right now it's like, I'm talking to you. And like Annalise already knows all my shit. Cause she's like heard me vent about many things on sure. many occasions. So I'm not like, Oh, at least don't say anything because I've already made you swear blood oath. But it feels like I'm having a conversation with you. We forget that there's like thousands of people that are hearing us lament over things. But the thing which – another thing um, – <laughs> And another thing is what this I, episode will be called. Well, no, that I love about podcasts is that it allows you to work through problems mm-hmm. in a ways that tweets don't really – in a way that a lot yeah. of – in a way that even some uh, like long-form journalism doesn't quite – like – because you hear the sound of the person's voice, because there's a back and forth, mm-hmm. and I, I and also because podcasts are long and people don't n- usually transcribe podcasts to put on blogs. You, <laughs> thank I, God. I mean, sometimes no, no, but no, but like for instance, I've I've heard you know like the three people on the Slate Political Gabfest. They've worked through ideas that if one of them had just tweeted out, probably would have been called something very nasty. Mm-hmm. But because like oh no, this and that, okay, we're working this out. And it just doesn't have the same level of like lightning rod, like react reactive sort of quality that tweets do, mm-hmm. which is which I think is good because we live in such a reactive time and it's very easy to get pissed off. Mm-hmm. That podcasts kind of allow you to to kind of work through questions with your friends as long as there's like kind of a, a trusted kind of relationship between everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, I think. Also, there's like on this podcast, I found that like the thing I don't write about explicitly is like I don't write about my family, yeah, um, and I don't write about guys because I'm just like that's not for the internet to know. That's their business, my business. Their business is literally like I've given you mental health and alcoholism, so (laughs) you get you get everything else. But I do find that there is something like going back to the community thing. Where when you do talk about those things, like I think of Janelle's episode. She came on and she talked about relationship psychology. And she talked about how she like really like looks at the ins and outs of like relationships. And then we got talking about our own histories. And it was really like, oh, shit. Like this was a really candid conversation I didn't see happening. And then I got such great feedback on Twitter from people being like, I fucking thought that I was the only one. Or like, holy shit. Like this was like exactly what I needed to hear today. And you're like, oh, okay. So maybe like. 
you're like you say, like it would be different if you tweeted out, but when you like actually are part of a conversation, people it's like we're all hanging out. Yeah. And oh and I guess it's interesting then. Do you find did that maybe enlighten something that might help inform other kinds of work that you do just because you had that conversation? I think the only thing that would have come close the book had already been written at the time and like all the hard stuff had been like uh like the readers uh, the review copies had gone out. I think there is a chapter in there about a guy uh-huh. and whatever, buy my book and fucking read it yourselves. And there's basically like, I think had I not had that conversation, I still would have done it, but maybe I would have also like added a little bit more about something else later. I found that since that conversation, I've been a little more liberal in my newsletters about that stuff. Sure. And it doesn't, and obviously the book is just the one chapter of your life and your career, but moving forward, that's another thing I like about the podcast. It allows you to sort of experiment in a low stakes kind of way to, just to try yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really cool because obviously if you're like making a TV show, you're writing a book, it's like this massive investment and yes. you don't want to fuck up one turn. That's right. But with podcasts, you go, okay. And, and and if it works, great, you learn something. If it doesn't work, it was just one episode. Who cares? Go That's on right. to the next thing. Which it's, is, yeah. It's kind of like the newsletter. Like I have a yeah. newsletter that I do every week and like that has been the other experimental platform where like that's the first time I started writing personally mm-hmm. and then from there, a lot of cool things happen. And like lately, so then somebody wrote in and was like having a relationship issue. And I was like, I'm not usually, I don't usually write about this stuff, but like, here we go. And then after I was like, oh shit, I, maybe I can write about this a little bit. Yeah. Like, so it's like, you're not workshopping on the podcast, workshopping on a newsletter. This is it. I mean, here we are workshopping. So we're here to announce, boys and girls, <laughs> that we'll be starting our own podcast called I Slowly Make Max Cynical. <laughs> hey, 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 by the end. And of by it. the end, he's just going to light up a cigarette in the studio and be like, who gives a fuck? And I'll be That'd like, be I cool. did it. I've never actually had a cigarette in my life. Are you kidding? I know. You know what? I almost bought cigars on the way here. Really? I should have got, gotten and them. We smoked it in the E1 building. Have you ever had a cigar? Never had a cigar. This is insane. Why? I don't know. Sorry, me and Sarah Hennessy had one episode where I think we went on about how much we loved smoking for like 10 minutes. No, it's cool. I mean, smoking is very cool. It's not cool. You get cancer. We know this. Yeah, I'm kind of a mama's boy. My mom, I think, brainwashed me when I was a kid. I remember just walking down the street and then then these teenagers coming out of an alleyway. And then my mom goes, you know what they were probably doing in there? They were smoking. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I was like, "Whoa, I don't know." And uh, yeah, so I never. It was never last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last week, I was walking down the street with my mom. <laughs> well, do you have a brother or sister? Older sister, yeah. Older sister. Does she listen to podcasts? Does she do any of this? Yeah, she uh, she's into yeah a bunch of podcasts. So stuff you should know. Actually, I got a signed poster for her, and she's into some of like the serial, like uh, you know, the the true crime stuff. That's all I want to listen to ninety five percent of the time. I know it is amazing. But I feel like you have a pure gold heart. That's like I can't hear about all these murders. Well, no, I like for some, you know, you know what, for some reason, those ones sit better with me than the This American Life ones. Yeah. This American Life is too heart wrenching for me sometimes. I can't do it. Yeah. Like I used to be super into it, but now I'm just like, it's too heavy or something. I don't know. I, for me, half the time, I just feel like I've got a bit of the Don Draper complex, which I've spoken of often on this podcast, where I'm like, I don't want your feelings. Like I get them away from me. I like deal with your shit. Like I feel like I... My therapist calls it the 1940s dad. She's like, is your dad like this? I'm like, no, no one in my family is like this. I feel like you get into your own feelings pretty well, though. But just other people's feelings? They're so distant. Like, I have processed them a thousand times. Um, Uh, But if you started crying right now, I would not know what to do. I would feel very strange. I would help you. Mm -hmm. Then you would leave. And then I'd be like, Annalise, what what the hell? And then text you later to be like, are you okay? But immediately I'd be like, 
we're going to come up with a plan right now. Yeah. No feelings. We'll just do it. Because it's my Professor X Magneto thing. You're either one or the other. Aaron Burr or Hamilton. What was the second thing you said? Aaron Burr or Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Right? Like one is feels. Yeah. The other is action. Yeah. Both are great. What are you in your more action? I'm Magneto all the way. Yeah. Like when I watch Days of Futures Past, I'm like, everything he's doing here is good. <laughs> he should be doing this. Yeah. And they're like, we must stop him. I'm like, must we? <laughs> they're all going to kill the X-Men if he doesn't kill them first, guys. Like, come on. Are you a Professor X? Uh, see, I don't know my X-Men trivia that well. Okay, so, well, are you a Burr or Hamilton? Uh, which one's which again? Sorry, I, these examples this is are disgusting. over my head. I hate this conversation. Uh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> There's some things in the popular culture that have gone right over my head. Clearly. Yeah. Like, and also, if you if you like, um, give me a quiz on like '90s alternative rock. I don't know any of it. We're gonna do a really quick rapid fire. Okay. Him. Here we go. Yeah. If you could only listen to one podcast until every day for the end of time, what would it be? Oh boy. Um. And it's a weekly podcast, but I'd say the Slate Political Gap Fest. Okay, okay, wonderful. Is Okay, I was about to say what podcast do you hate the most, but I'm like, that's not fair. I shouldn't say that. Oh, I, oh, I also love the, uh, Gladwell's Revisionist History. That's, oh, I don't like him. You don't like that I one? I don't like Malcolm Gladwell. Why not? Because I find him to be a bit of a blowhard. I'm so well, sorry. Maybe. I'm sorry. I get that. It's like mindfulness. Like, I'm like, fuck off. I can't do this. Sure. Like, yeah, my therapist is even like, don't even try with you. Have a, really? Yeah, she's like, you're too angry. In a good way. She's oh, like, you're just kind of like fueled by like, oh. get it done, da da da, meh. But I feel like the mindfulness, I because I sort of subscribe you to that. So love I do, mindfulness. I do, and only because it because I'm I'm a kind of a go getter, but it slows me down in a nice way. I, I find that when I get slow, I start to overthink. Oh, so like I'm better with like a like let's check the boxes and yeah. like let's go, and then I'm like cool, I'm done. Let's go out with friends or like let's read a book and yeah. like I'm oh, gonna clean cool. now or I'm gonna go shopping and put on a really good outfit. Nice. Yeah, I, I like I like all those things too. <laughs> those are my favorite things. I'm gonna put on I, a really good outfit. I, I really think about what I wear. Yeah. <laughs> Even this, I'm like, what if? You look I, cool. Thanks. Yeah. You know what? I know. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. I did put a lot of thought yeah. into it. Nailed it. I had it. a meeting before this. Yeah. I got a meeting after. Damn, a lot um, of meetings. I got a lot of me- hashtag meetings. Yeah. Okay, so if you had to take away any podcast from your like young self that you can identify as like the moment you got changed as a podcast lover, what was um, it? You know what I like um, I, Bill Simmons because what I like about Simmons is that he has the camaraderie of like his friends on the show, so it has that element. But he also has smart people on, and so it's not just idiots talking to each other. He'll have like the best you know writer on the media, mm-hmm. or he'll, Chuck Klosterman will be on, and they'll be talking about interesting things. Not to say that Klosterman's like a genius, but I think Klosterman's a smart guy. So I like the way he's been able to sort of balance sort of like jovial camaraderie with like interesting smart people. Cool. Go to Serial season one. Yeah. Did you listen to season two? I started and I it was, we all it. we yeah. all did that. Yeah, I feel so bad. It was like because it was serial one was like the, amazing, yeah, the but then serial two. What is the genre of podcasting that you just don't have time for? Oh, good question. All of my questions are good. That's true. This is my podcast and it's full of good questions. That's the new tagline. Write it down, Annalise. She's left. She's gone home for the day. I feel. Uh, I mean. I, the ones that are emotionally heavy, I probably have don't have that much time for. Yeah, I know. Like, there's one that I think is, a, which I have friends. I think that, I think I, there's even a connection, like a friend of a friend who does a sick boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he does his at this studio. Does he? And yeah. I, I'm sure it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure. But there's feelings. Yeah, there's too many feelings. <laughs> feelings. Yeah. I 
as mentioned, 100 times over the course of this recording, rewatched Mad Men over winter. Yeah. And I realized I know I am Peggy when, all the time. Oh, yeah. But when Stan's like, I love you. And she's like, huh? Like that is, I'm like, I, I feel you, girl. Girl, yeah. like no feelings. You'll be shocked at how much this never happened. Don and Peggy. Hey, guess what? I just watched Handmaid's Tale. I've never watched an episode. What? I know. Holy fuck. That, that <laughs> blew my mind more than anything I've heard this year. Really? Uh, I know. I know. I know. Okay. As somebody who doesn't like feelings, I don't, and, and why I put aside watching that show because I'm like, eh, I hate dystopian films. Yeah, uh, the whole thing is it's going to depress me. Yeah, this was so it's so fucking good. But the second season I've heard is so violent. I just watch the first season then. Who cares? Don't watch I know it. it's filmed in Cambridge. Uh, I know, and and in Hamilton too. Oh well, pardon you, Mr. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, You're not just you're going to live there. T- are you going to live there forever? Uh, I don't, well, actually, I uh, Lauren's at nursing school at UFT, so I'm in Toronto a bunch these days. So you, but that answered my question. Are you guys going to move back to Hamilton? Yeah, probably. I don't know. We'll That's see. Fine. You're a Hamilton. You love Hamilton. I do. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you tell the internet now where they can find you other than Hamilton? Uh, Mike on Much Podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arkell's Music is the band I'm in. Arkell's is the band. Arkell's Music is the, the yeah. handle. You're doing okay over there? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> He's crying now. It's really weird. I think he's yeah, too much about feelings. Yeah, what, what's going on with Max? Uh <laughs> What, uh, yeah, what else am I supposed to say? You have a personal Twitter account. Oh, yeah, Max underscore Kerman. Not much happens there. It's mostly for following basketball writers. And um, That's how we became friends, Max. Yeah, it's true. What would you say, uh, last part of the show, uh, give me some uh, social media advice. Really? Yeah, you're good at it. And I, because we started it off air. On your personal account? Yeah, or on on Michael Much or whatever. Do you want me to tell you the things I hate and then tell you not to do them? Sure. In this special extended episode? Yeah, do it. Okay. All right. Well, here are a lot of the things that I hate about <laughs> anyone doing this. Anyone do, okay, sure. Because you're seeing it a lot. I hate when anybody says this and then like. Oh, I quote fucking you. hate that. Like, I hate or, it. Yeah. Don't do th- that. Um, what are your thoughts on thread? Just be normal and thread like a normal person. Okay, sure. I'm really bad at like the only person that I whose tweets I read and they're like sunny and like optimistic um, are Elamines, and he was on this podcast and okay. he's just like the greatest human. What about the Dalai Lama? No, it's really? just like I'll re- I, I see that and I'm like, get with it, man. Like it is like right now everything is bad. I want to laugh. This is not going to I'm not going to read a Dalai Lama quote and be like, oh, well, that fixes that. Well, I feel better now. Oh, it's going to be like, see, oh, I, I do don't feel waste my better. time. But you are like a soft person. I oh, think. Sure. I think you have a little more feelings in you than I have. feelings okay. in me. Um, I like when people's anger is authentic. I don't like when people have like an orchestrated anger that feels like you just want to get a lot of RTs. Sure. And I think everyone can feel that when you're re- when you're like, I also like jokes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the onion is the best. Yeah. Account. But you can make your own jokes. But see, I don't think my jokes would be good enough. Every time I've thought about, okay, I'm going to do a joke here. That's your I, problem. You're thinking about sure, it. Just yeah. going, do you yeah. think I think through my tweets? When no, I'm but like, you're, you're smarter bread. than me, though. You're more clever. You have a better comedic sensibility. So you can do, I'm like, just, you are one of the people who I are, te- you know, like that would be like the kind of thing that, like, this person is saying it better than I could say it. And that was the advice you gave me. It was let somebody. Who, well, I told you specifically only RT me. Yeah, only RT me because I'm saying it better than you. And you started RTing the Dalai Lama, and I was like, who the fuck am I friends with? Who is this person? this guy. Yeah, that's Never shit. watched Mad Men in his life, I yeah. bet. We should let everybody go because this podcast is getting long. Yeah. So follow Max on the internet. Yeah. And if you're me, you can go to nobodycarespodcast.ca. You can tell me what you care about and nobody else does. And I will read them and it'll be great. Um, you can find me on Auntie Donahue on Instagram and Twitter. And I will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.